I'm Dr. Brian Goldman, host of the CBC podcast, The Dose. Each week, we answer vital health questions that will help you thrive, like, what does my mental health have to do with my gut? How can I prevent melanoma? How much sleep do I really need? And how can I manage my health without a family doctor? I chat with the top experts to bring you the latest evidence in plain language, all in about 20 minutes. Find The Dose on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Ian Hanamansing. Welcome to Checkup's Ask Me Anything podcast. And today you're about to hear our AMA about COVID and kids. It is difficult to predict what will happen this fall regarding the co-circulation of influenza, RSV and COVID-19. A lot of people around me get sick, but I think a lot of people kind of got tired of all the vaccination. The first thing is to picture your child as a virus factory. Every breath, every cough, every sneeze that comes out of that cute little face is full of viruses. Well, fall is officially here, which means respiratory season is underway, along with the heightened risk of getting COVID. This week, Health Canada officially approved Pfizer's one-dose vaccine targeting the Omicron variant. It'll be available in the coming weeks, along with flu shots. And last Thursday, BC reinstated the mask mandate in healthcare settings. With Thanksgiving coming up and families gathering indoors, you may need another reminder on how to try to keep your kids safe this fall. Our AMA guest is Dr. Fatima Kakar. She is a pediatric infectious diseases specialist at Saint-Justin Hospital in Montreal and an associate professor in pediatrics at the University of Montreal. And she joined us to take questions about COVID, RSV and other respiratory illnesses. Here are some highlights from the show. Dr. Kakar, it's been a while. Really nice to have you on the program again. It's nice to be back, even though I wish viral season wasn't here. uh, It's a good time to talk about it. (laughs) Well, and speaking of that, anecdotally at your hospital, what are you seeing when it comes to COVID? It it is back. So I was covering the pediatric ward last week, and I always see what's happening on the ward as just a snapshot of what's going on in communities. And for the first time in many months, I've had hospitalizations for COVID. So kids getting sick alongside with COVID, RSV, and uh, rhinovirus. And I think that the biggest message I've had or the thing I've seen is that nobody thought it was COVID. So kids are coming in, they're very sick, and the parents are shocked when they when the test comes back positive for COVID. So we're seeing a lot of it, and most people uh, didn't know that they had COVID. That's interesting because in my circles, it's kind of the other way around. Anytime people you know, start having cold-like or flu-like symptoms, they immediately think, oh man, I think this is it. This is COVID. What do you think is happening in Montreal that, uh, that at least in the people you're seeing, you know, assume it's not COVID? What's happened in the last couple of weeks is that kids have gone back to school and daycare. So there's been this explosion of viruses. So kids have been just getting cold after cold after cold. And parents have stopped wondering if it's COVID or just another cold. Mm. So they've just assumed that the older sibling with the runny nose or the sore throat is just a routine cold. And so I think with younger kids, because they've been getting sick so often these last couple of weeks, parents have just stopped worrying about COVID and just assumed that it's something ordinary until they get brought into hospital. Fair enough. That makes a lot of sense. What about RSV? Is uh, Are you seeing much of that? That has started, unfortunately, and we were hoping we were going to have a different year than last year. We were hoping it was going to be later in November, December. But as of last week, our first hospitalized cases are are here. 
Um, so there's a lot of pressure and urgency to get RSV vaccination up and running and prevention for the younger kids because RSV really does overwhelm the pediatric hospitals and we tend to be full because little babies get into such trouble from it. Um, so as of last week, it is officially here and it's going to be on the rise, we, we anticipate. I feel like parents of uh, of babies and infants know about RSV. They probably hear about it from their primary care uh, um, doctor. But for those of us who don't have little kids, uh, remind us what RSV is. RSV is like the common cold. So it really causes runny nose, respiratory symptoms. It's just that in babies, because it creates such inflammation, they have a lot of trouble breathing. But RSV can actually be really severe in older adults as well, people with asthma, chronic lung disease, and even the elderly. There's actually an RSV vaccine that's just been approved for the elderly, the older populations. So it's something that can be really severe in people that have some sort of underlying illness. Let's talk about the COVID uh, shots, the vaccines. I've kind of, I hate, I shouldn't admit this live on the air, but I've kind of lost track of what's out there and when people should be having it and what's going on. What's the update uh, on, on COVID shots? You've nailed it. Everybody's lost track of their last doses, <laughs> what's going on. The bottom line is that we need to think about COVID vaccine like your annual flu, sh- like your annual flu shot. So you'll be getting a flu shot and you'll be getting an updated COVID vaccine. So as of last week, there are two updated COVID vaccines available, both Pfizer and Moderna. So it's really time to get your updated vaccine for the new circulating variants. People are wondering, well, I've had two shots. I've had one shot. I've had COVID. What's the recommendation? In general, if it's been six months since your last vaccine or six months since you've had COVID, you really should get an updated shot. So really, we're thinking of it like an annual flu shot, an annual COVID shot that's going to be really targeted to the variants we have right now. Dr. Kakar, let me ask you some uh, quick questions and uh, just update in terms of the vaccine. First of all, if one were to go to social media, uh, as I do, you see a lot of people saying these uh, vaccines have not been properly tested. They're not safe. Um, I assume that's uh, wrong. What would you say uh, on those points? Exactly. And I think, you know, we're three years into this and we've got now three years and millions of doses given and really strong surveillance systems across the world looking at signals. And so we don't have signals of adverse safety events with both of these vaccines, both the Moderna and the Pfizer shot. And I think people... Initially, I understand when it was released, people had questions, they were brand new, it was a new technology, but we're three years into it and really there is no clear signal of any adverse effects. And the contrary is true. We've seen how well it's done to prevent people from getting sick, preventing hospitalizations, preventing deaths from COVID. So I urge them to look at the other side of things and, you know, three years worth of experience showing how well these vaccines have worked. It's really uh, for the next phase of this winter that we need to keep that up. And and so let me uh, sort of underscore that or have you underscore that in, in, in a follow-up question, and that is early on in this pandemic when there was no shot and then there was a shot, that was such a big step. Like we went from, you know, having to, to lock down in order to stay safe and then all of a sudden we had the vaccine that we could take. And early on, uh, it it could mean preventing getting COVID or at least greatly reducing the chances we would get COVID. Then we have the variants and then we have a lot of people out there who have had COVID. Where are we at right now in terms of the correlation between getting the shot and and getting COVID or getting COVID with a serious case? What's the correlation between the shot and illness? 
So more and more, we realize that the, the shot won't always prevent you from getting the infection just because the variants are mutating so quickly. So it's never going to be 100% adapted maybe for the virus that you catch, but you're going to have immunity. And when you encounter that virus with immunity, you are going to get less sick. So there's countless stories and people have had that personal experience where they only had a runny nose, they only had a sore throat, whereas that they hadn't been vaccinated. And if they think back to their first COVID or those who were unfortunate enough to get it, then people were severely sick. People were out of it for 10 days, two weeks. People were, um, they felt like they'd been run over and really incapacitated. So the difference now is that really getting the vaccine is going to prevent you from getting that sick again. It's not necessarily going to prevent you from getting it, but you won't get sick. So you might just have a mild illness, which I think for most people is a game changer because you're not going to be um, incapacitated for all those all those weeks. Uh, Dennis Eubanks is, if these notes are correct, in Philadelphia. Hi, our Denise. Hi, Denise. Hi, how you doing? Good, good. What's your question for Dr. Kakar? Mine was uh, concerning the um, difference between the COVID-19 and the RSV mm-hmm. vaccine and the actual disease itself. What um, is the difference? So the difference, first of all, between the vaccines for RSV and COVID? Yes. Okay. Denise, uh, thank you very much. For not, uh, I think this is the first time I've had a call from Philadelphia, so I really appreciate that. Dr. Kakar, first of all, uh, presumably RSV and COVID, two different illnesses, two different viruses, two different um, shots. Uh, where are we at in terms of uh, the RSV vaccine for, do you know, for, for adults? No, and Denise raises a great question because she's in the U.S. And so uh, the RSV vaccine is brand new. So it was recently approved. Um, And I think in some pharmacies in the U.S., it's already being sold. Here in Canada, it's available. But again, it's not under the provincial recommendations yet. So there is a new RSV vaccine for older adults over age 60 with chronic conditions, but it's not readily available. Whereas in the U.S., I think it's much more available right now. And the recommendations are really to discuss with your physician whether they think it's a good idea for you. I think in general, any older person with underlying lung disease who might be in contact with young kids is a very good candidate for the RSV vaccine. That's RSV, and it really is a very different illness than COVID, and that RSV is usually just respiratory. So it really just affects your nose, your lungs, whereas COVID affects your entire system. And the biggest difference um, when people are getting the infection for the first time is that RSV could be really limited, um, especially in healthy people, whereas COVID really causes everything, your muscles to ache, uh, and it can really cause disease in all of your different organs, which is why COVID has been so severe. So in general, COVID much more severe for all people, but RSV much more severe for infants and older adults. Uh, Both have vaccines, but the COVID vaccine is really approved across country uh, in Canada and in the US, and it's publicly available, whereas RSV isn't yet. Denise, thank you very much for that question. And that answer was uh, really interesting. Hey, my name is Jamie Poisson, and I'm the host of FrontBurner. It's the CBC's daily news podcast. And every day we're discussing the big events and fault lines shaping Canada and the world. Politics, economics, social movements, you name it. Sometimes we even talk about really fun stuff like the enduring relevance of Lord of the Rings. You can hear FrontBurner on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. Our next caller is in Edmonton, Francis Retta. Hi, Francis. Hi, Ian. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. What's your question for Dr. Kakar? 
Uh, well, I came down with COVID on the 18th of, uh, 18th of September, and I am still pos- uh, testing positive. And um, I went through the antivirals, and I'm not sick enough to be hospitalized, but I guess you can tell my voice is kind of suppressed a little bit. Hmm. And I've got lots of phlegm coming up from when I cough and when I breathe. I can't really take a, a complete full breath without coughing up a little bit. So um, I'm not really sure what to do with this. So it's, it's kind of an odd thing. I thought I'd, the antivirals kind of kicked in because at one point the T-line on one of the tests was very faint. And the last two tests, uh, the T-line is darker. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where to head. Do I head to an emergency? Do I head to a family doctor? Um, what do I do? Yes, Francis, stay on the line. Uh, Dr. Kakar, what would you say to Francis? No, it's a, it's a very common question, actually. People who've taken Paxlovid sometimes have what they call a rebound effect, where initially the amount of virus and the testing goes down, and then after a week or two, the, the amount actually goes up. And it's almost like your body has fought it off, and now it's actually producing um, more, uh, more of a response. The the So... As far as what to do, the questions are, are you contagious to other people? And are you going to be in an environment where you're going to be close to other high-risk people? And in general, we recommend you still isolate if you're symptomatic and still testing positive. But the next question for yourself is, could this be a complication after COVID? Now, in general, if you're feeling worse, if you're getting a fever, if you're having more difficulty breathing, you could be having a secondary infection after COVID, a pneumonia, a bacterial infection that settles in after the viral infection. So I would suggest that if you are feeling worse and if you're developing a new fevers, that's definitely a reason to go see your doctor. If you're having trouble breathing, and that's a reason to go to emergency. So it's really depending on where you are uh, compared to where you were a few days ago. Francis, do you have a follow-up question for Dr. Kakar? Um, just just wondering, um, in terms of the breathing, uh, how bad does it have to get before I, I go to a hospital? Because right now, I, I, I'm, I mean, I cough up a little bit of phlegm, and, but I can still take a full breath if I take it slowly. So at what okay. point does the breathing issue become like, severe to the point where it triggers off the alarm, go to the emergency? Okay, I'm a pediatrician, so I have to preface by saying that. But in general, if you're able to sleep through the night, that's a sign that you're you're okay. And that if it's only when you're exerting yourself and you're you're doing a lot of work that you're having trouble breathing, generally it should be getting better. But if at any point you're struggling to breathe, you're not able to sleep, um, that's definitely a reason to see your doctor, maybe get a chest x-ray to see what's happening. Um, so it's really depending on where you were and what your baseline is. If you're an asthmatic and you generally have trouble breathing um, versus if you've never had trouble breathing before. So it really depends on on where you are right now as opposed to where you were a few days ago. But if you're able to sleep through the night, do some general activities okay, you should be okay. And when in doubt, I mean, if you feel, Francis, that you need to go into emergency, which I know can be long waits, and uh, but still, like when you start feeling worried, um, better, I would say, to err on the side of going in than, than not going in, Francis. Thank you. Uh, Rachel Lay is in uh, Waterloo, Ontario. And uh, Dr. Kakar, you'll be interested to know that after many calls of people who uh, wouldn't go see a pediatric infectious disease specialist, Rachel has a question about uh, her two-year-old. Rachel? Hi there. So my daughter is two years old and we got her first COVID vaccine about a year ago. And then the second one got very delayed because she actually got COVID from daycare. So now we want to go get her second vaccine. But my hesitation is that her first vaccine was at a pediatric clinic where our region specialized in you know babies, toddlers only. I'm a little bit hesitant to take her to just a general pharmacist. What's your thought on it? 
Oh, that's a great question and a good concern. But I honestly, I have such strong faith in our pharmacists and our vaccine, our, our, our everybody who's been doing the COVID vaccines, whether through the clinics or the pharmacies. They're they're generally very good, and they will tell you if they're not at ease with young kids or toddlers. There are actually certain pharmacies in Quebec that won't vaccinate young kids because they're not at ease with it. So I think if your pharmacy is available and they're willing to do it, they generally have the experience too. So I wouldn't hesitate. And um, people who do vaccines know how to distract and how to minimize the pain. So I wouldn't hesitate. Mm-hmm. Rachel, any follow-up? Is, is there anything I should look where I go to take my vaccine? Like a, for me, I'd love to see a, a specialty pediatric. I know the staff are really good with toddlers. I would just ask your your site, you know, do they have experience with children? Because many pharmacies are actually used to doing vaccines for influenza and um, are now going to be taking up the COVID vaccine. So I would ask the people doing the vaccinations, do they have experience with children? And in general, people who are doing these vaccinations have actually had a long history of doing this for all kinds of routine childhood vaccines. So um, and people who, who do this generally are those who are the most experienced. I wouldn't hesitate, but I would be safe and just ask them. We have time for one more call, and it happens to be from Montreal, and I think it's a question a lot of people have, and it's from Maureen Capper. Hi, Maureen. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. What's your question for Dr. Kakar? My question is, I have a cold right now. I tested twice um, for COVID. It's negative. Um, But I'm flying out um, on Friday for a short uh, visit. And um, I wanted to take a booster shot before I go, but I read somewhere that um, if, if your immune system is already fighting something else, then your body may not mount uh, enough of an immune response to COVID if you have it. So some people are saying, wait until you're well, don't take the, don't take the booster if you're sick. So I wanted to know what Dr. Picard thought about that. Yeah, Dr. Kakar? So in general, we do recommend avoiding uh, getting a vaccine while you're actively unwell, but especially if you have a fever. In general, if you're at the residual end of an illness, then it's okay to get your, your vaccine. So it really depends where in the stage of your illness are. If you're still acutely unwell, you have a fever, then we do recommend waiting. Um, but I wouldn't wait too long. So I know it's a tough one okay. for you given you're flying out, but I think the vaccines won't be available <laughs> by Friday. So I think um, you'll have to get it on your return. But as a general rule, if you have a fever, that's not the time to get your vaccine. Okay, right. I don't have a fever and I've been sick for a week and I think it's a residual uh, cough now. Um, and how long would it um, how long would it take to be effective to mount a yeah. reaction generally? It, so it won't be immediate. So it won't be in time for next week. It'll usually take at least three to four weeks for it to, to have effect. And that's why we want people to get them now in time for sort of midwinter to Christmas. So it'll take at least three to four weeks. All right, Maureen, thank you very much. Three to four weeks, Dr. Kakar? Somehow I missed that. I I was expecting much quicker uh, response by the immune system after the shot. So I have to keep that in mind. Um, It is so nice to have you on the program and uh, and really appreciate uh, your answering questions from people across the country and of all ages. We have one minute left. And I wonder if any last words from you, Dr. Kakar. I think it's just it's time to just remember that viral season is here and it's happening and that it's important to assume that the cold you have could be COVID. So if you're at a population at risk or if you're seeing at risk, someone at risk, get tested. And also to remember there's treatments out there for COVID. So again, if you're at that age group, 
Um, get yourself tested if you think it's COVID. And just, you know, viruses are going around. So protect yourselves, protect infants, protect the elderly. Um, stay away if you can when you're sick and wear a mask when you're sick. And I think if we do all those things, we'll be able to hopefully um, decrease the severity of this viral season coming up. Excellent advice. Nice to have you on the show. But because COVID is the reason you're on the show, not to, nice to have you on the yes. show, if you know what I mean. You're very welcome. That was a portion of Cross Country Checkup's AMA about COVID and virus season with Dr. Fatima Kakar. She's a pediatric infectious disease specialist at St. Justin Hospital and an associate professor in pediatrics at the University of Montreal. If you'd like to listen to yesterday's full two-hour edition of Cross Country Checkup, you can find it by downloading or streaming the podcast at cbc.ca slash checkup or the CBC Listen app. And if you'd like to share comments or appear on the show, you can go to cbc.ca slash aircheck. I'm Ian Hanna-Mansing. Thanks for listening. The next live edition of Check Up airs on CBC Radio and CBC News Network next Sunday. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.